Hi and welcome to yet another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Hi lovelies. So today I want to discuss a concept of true self slash separate self. And this comes from my ever lovely Richard Rohr, who is a Jesuit that started the Center for Action and Contemplation in New Mexico. And as a Jesuit, his faith is Christianity, but he's like a beautiful mystic at the same time, which is what I consider myself. Yes, I'm a Christian, but mystic just meaning connecting to the supernatural aspect of God and and being very cognizant and aware of the miracle of God and the way we can't really define God or what happens with God or who God is. Because if we could, really, would it be God? And so hang with me because he gets, um, he uses religious language, but I do think this is, this speaks very strongly to addiction and recovery. And so if you want to subscribe to his emails, of which I do not get any recognition at all for talking about this, it's just something I share because I love his readings, you can go to his website, which is centerforactioncac.org, and you can even see videos of him. He's this beautiful, peaceful-looking older man um, with a great beard and glasses, and he does reflections and meditations and prayers. And this, there's a link on the bottom where it talks about learning about contemplative prayer and other forms of meditation. Um, oh, it's so good. He's a step eleven dude, in my opinion. He's all about prayer and meditation. So this email that I got in my inbox today and it's called Richard Rohr's Daily Meditation. It's called True Self slash Separate Self. And it starts with a quote from Thomas Merton, who it was a, uh, I believe, a mystic. A lot of beautiful prayers. Actually, I'm going to pull up that prayer right now about Thomas Merton and read it to you because it's so beautiful. It was given to me right in my early recovery. He is a Trappist monk. So they write, handsome actually, Trappist monks where, if you've ever seen Grand Budapest Hotel, one of my favorite movies, there's a scene where they're up in the mountain and there are these monks chanting and they have on the white robes of the pointy hood. That's a Trappist monk. So he also happens to be like a theologian and a mystic and a poet and a social activist. And he's a scholar of comparative religion. Like Thomas Merton is amazing. And so he does this prayer... Or it's like, God, I do not know where I am going. Let's see. God, I do not know where I am going or why. Oh, so good. Okay, this is a prayer by Thomas Merton. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear you, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. 
I'm actually going to put that on our Two Sober Chicks Instagram. Right, well, after this podcast. Such a good prayer. It's called the Merton Prayer. So this meditation starts with a quote from Thomas Merton that reads, The thing that we have to face is that life is as simple as this. We are living in a world that is absolutely transparent, and God is shining through it all the time. This is not just a fable or a nice story. It is true. And Richard Rohr comments, I learned the terms true self and false self from Thomas Merton. These are words he used to clarify Jesus's teaching of dying to self or losing ourselves to find ourselves. See Mark 8.35. Merton rightly recognized that it was not the body that had to die but the false self that we do not need anyway. The false self, or what I am calling lately the separate self, disconnected from divine love, is simply a substitute for our deepest truth. It is a useful and even needed part of ourselves, but it is not all of us. The danger is when we think we are only our small or separate self. Our attachment to the false self must die to allow the true self, our basic and unchangeable identity in God, to live fully and freely. I'm going to stop to comment here. Does that not describe addiction and recovery? So recovery is all about connecting to our higher selves or our true selves through our divine power. Once we realize we have a higher self that is connected to God, that is the crux of when we step out of addiction and into recovery. Once we believe that we can get better, once we believe it's a higher power that helps us get there, we change. We cannot but fully fundamentally change because when we're in addiction, we A, don't want to leave addiction because either we like it too much or B, don't understand or fully believe that we can get out of it. We don't believe that we can cope with life without a, without our substance. We don't believe that we can exist in our true self without pain or suffering. The truth is there is pain and suffering. The truth is also we can get through it without using or behaving in addictive ways. And so that is why the 12 steps are so genius, because it essentially introduces us to the God of our understanding and then tells us, trust me, the God of your understanding and you together, nothing is more unstoppable. So what came to me? Oh, are you willing to die to the false self? Do you actually see with clarity, which is really hard when we're in our addiction, a life without it? which yes, is sad and is hard. But guess what? You don't have to be ready to start doing it. If you do a comparison, like false self says, I can't handle pain. I can't handle my feelings. I can't handle life. True self says, oh, yes, I fucking can. And I'll show you because it has nothing to do with the substance that we're ingesting to make it okay. It's about saying I accept reality for what it is and I can get through it. And yes, there's a whole scientific medical side of it where we have to detox, where we have to reprogram our brains, but it starts with the seed of hope. So let's continue on with the reading. <clears throat> Thomas Merton said that the true self 
should not be thought of as anything different than life itself, but not my little life, the big life. Franciscan philosopher John Dunn Scotus said that the human person is not different or separate from being itself. This is not the little being that you and I get attached to and take too seriously, but universal being, the one in whom we live and move and have our being, as Paul put it to the Athenians in Acts 17.28. When you've gotten too comfortable with your separate self and you call it life, as in this is my reality, you will get trapped at that level. You will hold on to it for dear life because that's the only life you think you have. This is so good. Unless someone tells you about the bigger life or you've had a conscious connection, recovery talk, with the deepest ground of your being, there's no way you're going to let go of your separate self. But your attachment to that separate self must die or the single grain of wheat remains just a single grain. John 12, 24. Your true self is life and being and love. Love is what you were made for and love is who you are. When you live outside of love, you are not living from your true being or with full consciousness. The Song of Songs says that love is strong as death. The flash of it is a flash of fire, a flame of Yahweh. Your true self is a little tiny flame of this universal reality that is life itself. Consciousness itself, being itself, love itself, life and fire itself, God's very self. So this is all about awareness. When we're in our addiction, we think it's the only way and we're afraid of any other way because we don't know what that means. I'm telling you as a person in recovery and not just me, thousands of people I've seen it happen to, there is another life and you can do it. I promise you. And the best part is it's so much bigger and better than you think it is. So trust the corporate, the group thought the group experience of AA that says, I know you think you can't do it. I know it's terrifying, but we've been there and we're telling you, you can do it. We're telling you, you can rise above it. And furthermore, we're telling you, you're going to laugh your ass off. You're going to have the most fun. You're going to have love bigger than you think you have. And when we talk, this reading talks about love is who you are. Being recovered is love for yourself. So love yourself enough to take that leap into recovery. I promise you, yes, it's hard. Yes, it's up and down. But my worst day in recovery is better than my best day in addiction. Man, that's good. I feel like my head is like a giant balloon filled of helium. It's going to float right off my shoulders. Like, I'm just so high on this shit. It's so good. <sighs> I love you. You can do what I promise. If you need to reach either Lisa or I, email us to soberchicks at gmail.com. I'm going to post that prayer from Richard Merton. <laughs> Richard Merton. Well, I'm just going to combine the two dudes. Uh, Thomas Merton on our Instagram, which is two sober chicks, at two sober chicks. Twitter, I'm not on a lot, but I do love Twitter, and we also have a Twitter account. Um, and if you're not on Twitter, you're not missing anything because we post a lot of stuff here and on our Instagram account. I hope this finds you well. I hope you have hope today. I'll talk to you soon.